0: Well, hey friends, welcome to Seacoast. My name is Josh Walters. I'm one of the pastors here at the church. I want to welcome you, whether you're joining us online or at one of our campuses or here at the Mount Pleasant campus, it's a special weekend here at Seacoast, and that it's one of the few times a year that we have Connect Weekend. That's where we do everything we can to make it as easy as possible and as likely as possible to help you take a next step. We don't want Seacoast to just be a place that you attend on Sundays or attend services online, but where you can connect and find family, where you can find a tribe to celebrate with in the high moments of life, to catch a game, to go to the beach, but you also need the people to, some people to hit up when you're moving. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Some folks that can walk with you through the heavy times, through the hard times, and Connect Weekend is the best time to do that. One of the easiest ways, exciting ways, to connect with a group is through our Seacoast app. So if you have an iPhone or a lesser-than device, if you would take just a moment and pull that out. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Pull out your your smartphone and look for the Seacoast app. You can download it in the App Store if you don't have it, but I want to walk you through a little bit of what it looks like when you click on the app. That's how it comes up in the bottom right. You can check out message notes. If you're expecting to hear from God on any given weekend, it's there that you can Type out your own notes based on a point or a passage or something that God drops in your spirit. Email them to yourself so that you can revisit them later in the week. Oftentimes, a lot of my quiet time comes out of what God does in this space on a Sunday. continues to nourish me all throughout the week, so you can check out the message notes for that. Once you go back to the home screen, you can click on View My Dashboard, and once you do this, it's going to... Pull up a series of icons that kind of serve as badges. One of Pastor Joshua's visions as we headed into this year would be that there would be a next step for every Seacoaster, whether you're attending in person or online, that in our faith journey and our connection with God's people, we all have a next step to take. And the app is one of the easiest ways to capture that. And this first screen is one of my favorite. It asks us, are you attending in person or are you attending online? So you can select which one you are there, and after you do that, there's a series of badges up at the top. That little water drop represents baptism. Attending, you can plan for that. Join a small group if you want to serve. If you want to grow, some different group options. If you want to give, and once you do any one of these things, this badge lights up. It becomes. A different color. Now, if yours happens to look like mine, where nothing is lit up, and you're like, bro, I've been here 15 years, I've done all that stuff. Like, what's the deal? If yours aren't lit up, all you gotta do is scroll to the very bottom and you can click that button that says Dashboard Feedback. Select that and just say, hey, I need my stuff lit up, bro. None of my, my badges are lit up. I've done this stuff, right? But we're just excited about the app, and we believe it's going to be an easy way to help a large church feel small, help you connect in groups, but also want to invite you as you leave today, don't rush out of the building. There's tables and balloons and banners and leaders that are going to be here set up this weekend to let you know all about their group. So if it's a married group, a women's group, a men's group, If you've been through a difficult season and you're experiencing loss and you want to join something like Grief Share, there's just a lot of different options for you to find community and grow. So I want to encourage you to do that. In the midst of all that's exciting and awesome about Connect Weekend, how many of you know uh, the reality of life is that we're challenged to carry exciting things, great things, blessings at the same time as we feel heavy and hard things? And this past Thursday, a dear friend of ours, part of our staff Family, Laurie Fitzgerald, was out to eat and she, she passed out at dinner and she was rushed to the hospital. Upon getting to the hospital, she had a stroke in her brain stem and has been in critical condition since this past Thursday. She's been a part of our staff for 25 years, uh, worked with Pastor Jeff Surratt for a long time, worked with me for a long time, has served with Pastor Adam for the last decade or so. Just an amazing family. So, just want to take a moment as we jump into the service and pray. For them, Uh, while she has breath, we have hope and we believe in the God of miracles. So we just want to pray as a church family for God to draw close to them and bring about healing to her body. So let's pray and we'll jump into the uh, message. God, we thank you for this time. We praise you for uh, just the reality of our lives that in any given moment uh, we hold amazing, exciting things. You are working in powerful, awesome ways, and we also feel and hold heavy and difficult, painful And so, God, we just invite you into this space right now. You know exactly where each of us are on our journey today. For those that are with us this weekend and it's their very first time and they're just taking a step towards God, we ask that you would show up in power, that you would reveal your great love for them, that they might come away knowing that you're with them, that you love them, that you're for them. And God, as a family right now, we lift up The Fitzgeralds, we pray, God, that you would show up in power for Laura. You are the God of miracles. And we saw all throughout Scripture, even when hope was lost, God, that you could restore life, that you could restore health, that you could bring healing. And so we just plead now on your behalf by the power of your spirit. Would you be present with her? Would you dumbfound the doctors with the work that only you can do? Bring about healing to her body. And we pray that this weekend you would bring about healing to our souls. Be present with us now. In Jesus name. Amen. A couple of months ago, I went and got a haircut, go downtown, see my boy, Larry, and uh, always enjoy seeing him. Just a cool guy, cool little vibe. Don't get to go downtown very much. And so go down, get a haircut. And as I'm walking out of the, the store, I want to paint this picture for you so that you can see it. It's a little glass door. I'm walking out. There's a thin sidewalk, then the road and another sidewalk. And so. I'm walking out the door, and as I am, this dude about my age uh, was walking a dog down the middle of the road. And as he was walking the road, walking the road, walking the dog, every now and then, he would yank the dog, and the dog would do like barrel rolls. And he would say, be a good dog. He would pull it, yank the dog again, be a good dog. And it's like, what in the world is happening? And at the same moment, right on the other side of the sidewalk, there was a, a woman dressed as a pirate, something you only see in Charleston, uh, walking with a husband and a wife and their two small kids uh, doing some kind of historic Charleston tour. Well, the, the woman of this family sees what's happening with this dog, and she says, sir, please stop. And so that's all in a second. As I'm walking out the door, I see the barrel rolling dog. Be a good dog, sir. Please stop. You know, I see all this happening in a moment. And so in that moment, he turns to the woman and says, shut up, beep, 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 and just lights into this woman. And the husband and kids all kind of stand there in silence. The pirate isn't doing anything. I would think the pirate would be the one <laughs> laying the smack. Do it again. You know, like whatever. <laughs> and so, For whatever reason, what came out of me in that moment? I don't know if I was feeling bold with the fresh cut or what, but I walk out. <laughs> I see, be a good dog. I I hear him light into this woman. And what came out of one of your pastors was, do it again. Do it again. (laughs) (laughs) And I just started, I started walking towards him. (laughs) Do it again. You know, like (laughs) macho man, Randy Savage style, right? (laughs) The guy scoops up his dog and he walks away. You know, I don't think I was wearing my floral shirt that day. So it seemed... (laughs) seemed a little manlier than it was, but I get in the car and all of a sudden it hits me like, what if he would have done it again? (laughs) Was I going to go point him to you? Stop that. What was I going to do? I don't know. And so the whole ride back, I was it was the middle of a work day. I leave that interaction and then I come back to church. (laughs) So I I walk in and Pastor Josh was here and I was like, bro, you're not going to believe what I just did. And he was like, what? And so I I paint that whole picture for him, tell him what happened, how I responded. I was like, bro, what if I like I could have been in the paper or something like Seacost pastor lays hand on man. You know, downtown, I don't know. He was like, well, you were defending verbal abuse to women and animal abuse. I think you would have made it. You know, people would have sided with you. But just thought, man, where did that come from? Have you ever had a moment like that where you reacted to someone or something in such a way that the reaction, like what came out of you, was equally as surprising to you, (laughs) for good or bad, right? In that situation, standing up for somebody, for something, but maybe it was something awful. You were stressed about something that happened at the office that wasn't even on your mind in a moment. You lash out at your kids, or you lash out at a neighbor. You're like, man, where did that come from? Well, last week, we kicked off a series called Reactions, and the premise, the thought of the series is that it's a whole lot easier for us to act like Christians than it is for us to react like one. When we show up here at church on a weekend, we, we put on some nice clothes, we check ourselves out in the mirror, we come and present ourselves as a certain way, we know the space and the environment that we're gonna be, in. any place that you go, work throughout the week, school, hanging out with friends or people, you prepare and posture yourself in an acceptable way based on where you're going and what you're doing. You, you act a certain way. And as Christians, man, we can do that in our, in our life with our faith as well. We can act and present ourselves a certain way. But reactions, man, when you react to something like the barrel rolling dog in the street, it's almost guttural. Like it just, rah, it just comes out of you. And oftentimes, if your life is anything in like anything like mine, Man, I went straight from that crazy reaction to the next meeting at church. <laughs> it's like life doesn't stop. And so oftentimes it's difficult for us to make the time to ask the question and really do the work of figuring out, like, where did that come from? Because when we gather together on a weekend, when we get in God's word, we know that it's living, that it's active, that it does not return void, that it can bring about change, In our lives, what we don't want is to allow this book to just inform us. We don't want to come away having learned things about how we're supposed to live. We want it to transform us. I want it to to transform my reaction so that what comes out of me is acceptable and pleasing and holy and stands apart. That when people interact with me or when they see a reaction from me in some way, it leaves them questioning, man, what is it that's different about them? So that's the question I want us to wrestle with this weekend. Where do my reactions come from? And I've got a couple of thoughts for us. The first of which is that my reactions start with my thoughts. My reactions start with my thoughts. The Bible has a lot to say about our thoughts. Second Corinthians 10 5 says it this way. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Have you ever heard somebody say in the midst of a conversation, they kind of get a blank look on their face and they're like, oh, I lost my train of thought. Our thoughts are just like that. When you board a train, man, the destination is set. The tracks are laid. It's going to take you to to a certain place. And our thoughts are the same. Man, if we will entertain thoughts, they're going to lead us somewhere. And this passage says we have to take our thoughts captive. It's a militant Term meaning they're not just a welcome intruder, something or someone that pops into our mind and a thought that we look at from different angles. He says, no, we have to take it captive and make it obedient to Christ. We have to take authority over it because I've been working on the message. I've been thinking a lot this week about our our thoughts. We've recently moved and I've been working under the new house, pulling down insulation and to get ready to encapsulate the crawl space. And when, we, when I was doing that, I was leaving one night. It was about 1030, and I realized I left the lamp underneath the house on. And so I put my suit back on, and I'm crawling deep under the house to flip off this light. And I get all the way under there and realize, as soon as I turn this light off, it's going to be pitch black <laughs> under here. <laughs> and I had already found a snake skin hanging from the insulation. I, like, pulled it down, like, ah, you know, like, pull it away. I'm just thinking, like, I am not trying to kiss a snake up under my house. This is terrifying. And so then I realized I had run an extension cord all the way out the house to plug in on the porch to get the light to even work under there. And I was like, why didn't I just pull the plug on the lamp? And so then I'm crawling all the way back through the house. It's like spending the night under a coffee table. The whole time I'm saying, idiot, stupid. And then I get under the house and I'm realizing what I'm about to talk about this weekend. It just made me realize, man, how often do I entertain, accept, maybe even believe thoughts that are so far from the way that God sees and thinks about me? Like, man, you idiot. That is not a, a welcome guest. That is a violent intruder. We have to take our thoughts captive and take authority over them, make them obedient to Christ. Romans 12, two says it this way. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing. your mind, Man, it's putting our faith in Jesus, trusting in him, believing in him that saves us. But for me to be transformed, how does that happen? It's through the renewing of our mind, meaning I have to take captive stinking thinking. I just can't allow those kind of thoughts to go on in my mind and think that in some way, I'm still going to be transformed on this side of heaven more and more into his image. It happens through the renewing of our mind. So what do we think about Philippians 4.8? says it this way, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I love how he's stretching there, like whatever. Those are broad words. Whatever is true. Man, you're an idiot. I'm like, is that true? You know, some of y'all are like, yes, no, it's not, (laughs) right? If we were to filter all of our thoughts Through this lens, is that noble? Is that excellent? Is it praiseworthy? Like, If it's not, then man, take it captive. Take authority over it. Speak to it as to what does God's word say about it. You may not connect this with that, meaning the reactions in your life that you don't like, you may never think that they're starting with the way that you're talking to yourself. But I promise you, if you want to be transformed, if you want to react differently and not just behave a different way, it starts with our thoughts. We have to take them captive. So where do my reactions come from? Number one, they start with my thoughts. Number two, my reactions are solidified by my beliefs. My reactions are solidified by my beliefs. So my uh, one thought that I've held for a long time is that my my driver's license, my social security number, and our checking account uh, all have the, the number 007 in them. And because of that, and me just not believing in coincidence, I also believe that I have a little bit of 007 in me. And so a few months ago, we were out to dinner with some friends, and uh, we're in this, the restaurant had a bunch of tables, kind of like six tables in a little living room type vibe. They had a bunch of little rooms, and we're sitting at a table, and a, a waiter comes out holding drinks, thing of drinks and thing of bread and that kind of stuff. He gets up to the table beside us and has an epileptic seizure Right as he's standing, rah, this fierce scream comes out of him. He goes kind of stiff, falls on the table, drinks and food go everywhere. The room kind of immediately erupts. And for whatever reason, what came out of me was jumping out of my seat and catching the dude uh, as right as he hits the ground, holding his head so he doesn't bang his head. I could tell he was kind of choking. And so I swab his mouth, like clear his, clear his mouth out, look around, and the room's kind of like... I was like, help, you know, like, and, so, and so the, you know, a doctor was there, people that knew what they were doing, like I had zero medical training whatsoever to be sticking my fingers in a dude's mouth, right? but I did stay at a Holiday Inn last night, so there's, I'm just kidding. But because I've, I've told myself, like I'm made for crisis, Katie and I will go out on a date night, go to a movie, and when we sit there, I'll be like, all right, babe, if an active shooter were to come in, I want you to do this. I'm going to do this. I'll distract them, but you've got to stay down. I might go out, but it's, it's you know, and like nothing will ruin a date by like active shooter sequencing. right? <laughs> but if we go to a restaurant, a movie, I'm always playing out what if scenarios in the event that crisis happens, man, we can jump into it. And because that's been a thought that I've had so often, I now believe it. Like with zero medical training. I'm swabbing your mouth, man. I'm gonna help you out. You know, like I'm hurting enough. Get your fingers out of my mouth, right? Whatever. But I've come to believe it, and now it drives the way I behave. See, oftentimes when we think about our, our reactions, we think about negative ones and the negative that comes out of us. But but my 007 status, right, is actually a positive one. I think God's gonna use it to help and bring about some good. And there are some good things that we need to believe. What if every single day you were to believe that I am loved by God? When you woke up in the morning, your first calendar appointment that goes off with your alarm is a notification that pops up that your first thought would be that I am loved by God. What if you were to believe that he wants to use me and others faith story? He knows exactly where you're at, exactly how you're doing, yet he desires to use you and your brokenness and your sin and your struggle to help others Come to know him. What if you were to believe I have all that I need to accomplish his will for my life? We can look at what we have, the resources available to us and feel very less than. But what if you were to believe I've got everything that I need to accomplish his will? I've got everything that I need to accomplish his purpose. Man, in the moments where you're under the house and you call yourself an idiot, remembering I am loved by God. I have all that I need to accomplish his will and purpose. He wants to use me and others faith story. Man, those two things can't coexist in the same brain. The Bible's got a lot to say about the power of our beliefs. Romans 10, 10 and 11 says, it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. John six twenty nine. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. Not that you show up and do the work or don't miss church on a Sunday or reach people or make sure to serve all the time. Like the work of God is a faith check, is to believe in the one whom he has sent. Luke 6, 45, a good man brings brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What we allow, the beliefs that we allow in our our hearts are going to come out of our mouth. They're going to be heard by others. They're going to be made visible at some point, which is why calling yourself an idiot or whatever it is that your negative thought patterns may be are so important to take captive. Because at some point, those thoughts are going to move from your head to your heart. It's going to move from something that you think about yourself to something that you believe about yourself. And if you're willing to talk to and treat yourself like that, it's a short path before you're talking to and treating others in the same way. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life, the bed of your beliefs. We've got to take our thoughts captive, our reactions. If we want to be a people who are transformed, start with our thoughts my reactions are solidified by my beliefs. When they move from my head to my heart, man, I'm gonna to start to live out of those. And number three, my reactions eventually surface through my behavior. My reactions eventually surface through my behavior. A couple of weeks ago, Katie and I took our second daughter, Abigail. She, uh, after graduation, went to Togo, West Africa. We run a non Prophet there uh, called Francis and Benedict and recently built a child development center. And so we wanted to have a French speaking and English speaking teacher there. And she asked if she could spend her first semester of college being the English speaking teacher at the child development center. And so it's one thing we've already had a daughter that we dropped off at college. You feel all the emotions of that, but you drop a daughter off in Africa <laughs> and board the plane. It's like it's a whole nother level. And so Katie and I were there for a couple of days getting her settled. We get to the airport. I'm trying to hold it together. And as soon as we get through TSA, oh my god, what are we doing? <laughs> This is awful. You know, like we're emotional and sad. She is such a joy in our home. It was sad, you know, to to send her off. And then I'm also sad that she's not going to be in our home. And so they have this little cafe. It was a a red eye flight late at night. And so I was like, well, let's just go to this little cafe and uh, we'll, we'll, do some work. We had about three hours to kill. So we go there, get some food. And at the cafe, they didn't have, like you couldn't get a normal twist top drink, like a, a bottle of water or Coke. Everything was in cartons. It was like a, a liter sized carton. And so we we get two cups, we get cartons of, of a drink and sit down and we're eating. Well, about two and a half hours later, we realize like, man, it's time for us to go. And so we pack up all of our stuff put it in the bag, and you have to go through another little TSA bag check thing, which I've never really understand. It's like, I'm all for safety, but like, y'all didn't check my bags twice. You're going to do it a third. What do you think I picked up in the airport? Anyway, so we, we checked the bags again. Well, in the rush to get through, when Katie had packed up all of her stuff, she put that later carton in her, in her book bag and then put it on her. And so... They checked the bag, somehow didn't see the leader carton. And as we're in line for the plane, I realize her bag is like dripping everywhere. My Katie, what is up with your what's up with your bag? She's like, oh, my gosh. And she opens it up and she pulls out the carton that had somehow like poured over, soaked all the stuff in her bag. It's dripping. It's dripping on her. And what came out of my mouth was that is the dumbest thing I have ever seen. And she says, we're about to board a nine-hour flight sitting beside each other. Okay? <laughs> she turns to me and says, the dumbest thing you've ever seen? I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. She's like, no, no, no. Don't you apologize to me. It's like, if you would talk to me like that, you've got to live with that. That's all going on in here. And it was the most like brutal gut punch because I realized she's right. And it's exactly what I'm talking about. Where do our reactions come from? Man, they start in our thoughts. Thinking like you're an idiot. That's the dumbest thing you could ever do. It moves to a belief. And what's in my heart comes out of my mouth to where now I would say that to the person that I love the most. And it's so easy for all of us to go about today, to board, the flight, to turn on the movie, to read the book, to go to the next thing and not ask, where did that come from within me? So, man, over the last couple of weeks, I've done a lot of thinking, praying, and I know exactly where that thought pattern came from in me. You may not have a like core memory or moment that informs some of your thoughts and beliefs. For me, that thought, you idiot, came from my sophomore year of high school. I played left field. I went to Richard Northeast. Our field had a hill in in left field, and most teams did not do good on the hill. If a ball was hit, they'd be running. They'd kick the hill and face plant. It was awesome to watch and laugh at, but uh, but I, I could play the hill. I could I knew how to change the way I was running, my speed, all that stuff. My problem was I always had this chicken foot. When a, when a pop fly was hit, I would always step forward, and sometimes it would misgauge my ability to catch the ball. We were at a, a critical moment in a game, and I did my, my step forward and didn't get there in time to, to catch the ball. Runner goes in, we end up losing the game. I get to the dugout, coach comes out, and he takes his hat off, says, Walters, you'll never play for me again in front of the whole team, the crowd. Man, I just felt like an idiot. Felt so stupid. God, you dummy, how could you do that? So I don't know how long I entertained that thought before I allowed it to move to my heart, but I can tell you, for the last 40 years, man, I've been flirting with that thought, speaking it over myself until I found myself speaking it over my wife. It's the dumbest thing. It's like we don't have to live with the baggage we've carried, whether it's been from your childhood, whether it's been from just thought life that you've never taken captive, and we can be a people who are transformed who speak life, who represent the heart of God in any and every circumstance we might be going through. The most powerful picture for me of this comes from Luke 23, 34. After having been beaten, crucified, mocked and spit on Jesus prayer, his reaction to to the people whom he came to save, was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Man, in the moment where his reaction could have been calling down an army of angels to defend or restore or heal or fight for or squash all of his enemies, his heart, his reaction was, Father, forgive them for the people who are in the dark. Man, we can't judge the people who don't know you. They don't know what they're doing. I just think for me, man, in my mind, I'm thinking they know exactly what they were doing, and they deserve every bit of what's coming their way. I just see how my reactions can be so far from the Father's. Man, what if we were a people who were intentional to say, you know what? I'm not going to entertain negative thinking, stinking thinking. I'm going to take my thoughts captive. I'm going to run them through the filter of what is true and noble and right and excellent and Praiseworthy. I'm going to take my thoughts captive, that I'm going to allow my beliefs to be solidified in the truth of God's word, that he loves me, that he wants to use me in others' faith story, that I have all that I need to accomplish his will, knowing that my beliefs, my reactions are eventually going to surface in my behavior towards others. And we can do it. God wants it for us. This is something where we would be aligning ourselves with the heart of God, but it's going to take work. It's going to take time. But man, if we'll do it, the world will see us as a people who are different. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your grace for each of us, knowing that there have been so many moments where we have dropped the ball, where we've reacted poorly, where we've allowed our thoughts to run rampant, where we've discouraged ourselves. Even though your word says that we were made in your image, that you numbered the hairs on our head, that you prepared good works in advance for us to do, we can speak death over us regularly. Those thoughts can move to our hearts, that we can believe that nothing good is coming for me, that God would never use me, that he wouldn't want to use me, that I deserve what I'm getting. We can believe things that are so far from your heart and ultimately live and behave in such a way that that people see that. So I just pray for a fresh start today for each of us. Even right now, God, would you just bubble, bring top of mind thoughts that you want us to take authority over and cast out? I pray that today, as we write those thoughts and pin them to a cross, God, that it might be a fresh start, that you would just put that filter in our brains, that we would begin to catch them quicker and take them captive, allow you to retool and rewire some of our beliefs that we might know your great love for us. In Jesus' name, amen.